our study in the book of Romans in chapter 3, verse 21 today. Previously, Paul was addressing the sinful lives of the Gentiles and the Jews. Uh, The theme of the first section was the sinfulness of mankind. And so as we get up to this point, it was all about mankind being in sin. And we don't have to look very far to see that that's true of today. We see the very same thing happening in our world, happening back then. It's been happening since the beginning of time. And uh, when I say the beginning of time, I don't mean four billion years. I'm talking about Adam and Eve. Uh, the beginning of when God instituted time. Before then, there was no time. Uh, Everything was void. Uh, But uh, God put everything into place and got things rolling. Uh, The theme of that section was all about sin because first we need to recognize we're sinners in need of a Savior before we can invite the Savior into our lives. If we don't recognize the need for a Savior, we, we wouldn't even ask. We wouldn't even look to have a Savior. But first we need to recognize we are sinners. And the next section is going to focus on the topic of salvation, on being justified by faith. Justification means our sins have been removed as if they didn't happen. That's something that I have a problem with. Oh, not as far as God goes. I have a problem when someone does something wrong to me, forgetting it as if I may forgive them, but I have a problem forgetting it. Doesn't anyone else have that problem? Okay, you know, we forgive someone, but forgetting is the hard part. And that's what God has done with our sins. When we become a believer in Jesus Christ and invite him into our lives, our sins are forgotten. They're cast into the lake of forgetfulness, never to be fished back out. There's a sign, no fishing. And and they're cast into that lake, and there's no way to get them back out again. They're as far as east is from the west. See, north from south, God didn't say that, because north from south, you, once you get to the top of the North Pole, you're heading south again when you leave. But east and west, if you start from the east and keep going east, you will never reach west. you'll just keep going east all the way, right? And so they're as far as the east is from the west. That's, I like that. I was a navigator in the Navy. So I understand east and west uh, really well. And I understand that unless you fall off the edge of the flat earth, um, you know, you, and never mind, we're not going to go there. Don't think that we were made righteous uh, before God, but rather we are declared righteous. He didn't make us righteous. He didn't, now he looks and says, oh, what a righteous. No, he sees Jesus when he looks at us and he declares that we're righteous because of Jesus. Quite often we like to wear 
our badge of righteousness, you know, when we go out, oh, I've, I've got my righteousness I carry with. Mine looks like aluminum foil that's been burned. Um, you know, it, it, my badge doesn't look too good because I have no righteousness. I can't carry, I, I didn't come into the world with any righteousness and I'm not carrying any out with me. I'm just declared it because of Jesus. So uh, that's, that's a, a great thing for us to remember when we think that we're doing really well uh, in our walk with the Lord. You know, sometimes that happens, oh man, I've just been really on fire lately. Yeah, you're not on fire enough because uh, you haven't burned out yet. And uh, you're, you're still kind of uh, relying on your own flame. Today's message is titled, By Flesh or By Faith? And we continue our study through the book of Romans with chapter 3. We're going to be in verse 21. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. The righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. The law being the Jews. They are the law. They are the ones that are living under the law. But the righteousness of God is revealed apart from them. It's not part of what they believe what they're following it's also outside of their law he also states that the righteousness of God is witnessed by the law and the prophets well they witness it because they're seeing it in the Gentiles they're seeing that the righteousness of God not only applies to them it applies to the Gentiles they don't like that they want the righteousness of God to only be about them. But here we're finding that that's not the case. It's both the Jews and the Gentiles that have the righteousness of God. Everyone has faith in something. Everyone. Even if it's just themselves. They have faith in something. Some place their faith in science. Science is the study of facts, the study of truth. That's what science is. And the only way to establish whether or not something that's scientific is true is testing it and being able to quantify what is taken by a test. We test this and here it is. It's true because we tested it and it came out true. Well... How many have been able to test the Big Bang Theory to prove that it was true? You notice the word theory. You see, that's what the Big Bang used to be called, a theory. But now it's sold as the truth. It's the, even though we can't prove it, 
it's true because we say it's true. And so people listen to scientists and they believe scientists rather than believing the word of God. If we can't believe the word of God, if we have to um, consider the word of God just a story, a bunch of books written by men, then we don't need to be in church because we're not here to read a book of... We can go read Dr. Seuss in the library and and probably get more out of it if that's where our attention is. But the fact is, it is the Word of God. It's 66 books written by over 40 authors over a period of 2,000 years, or 1,500 or 2,000 years, something like that. And, and so it's all of these books brought together and they all talk about the same thing, who God is and who Jesus is. Even in the Old Testament points to who Jesus is. And so if we don't trust the word of God for being the word of God, then all bets are off. We could do whatever we want. We can believe whatever we want and we're okay. So science continues to find that the things in the word of God are true. And they get all surprised. Oh, we found Noah's Ark. Yeah, have you heard that recently? You know, they found Noah's Ark up on Mount Ararat. We've been talking about that since the 70s. And now all of a sudden they found it. And they're all excited and they're talking about that. You didn't find anything new. It, it's in the Bible. We've known about this for, you know, since it was written in the Bible. It's you know, chapter 6 of Genesis. It's kind of early on in the Bible, you know. So uh, you'd think people would have caught on, but no. But then there are people that place their faith in the idea that there is no God. And that's what they play. We're just, we're born, we evolved, and we're born, and we, just the idea of what, how complex DNA is and and just the DNA in a cell, one cell. How many instructions are in a set of DNA and it is so complex that there's no way really, they, well, they say they documented the genome. Really, they didn't. They um, did the best they could to document the genome, but... Uh, They've just come up with a bunch of information saying, man, this is detailed. This is important. This is not human. This is like a computer couldn't even do this. But people believe that there is no God. The only way that you can believe there is no God is if you have then made yourself God. Now I know that there is no God because I know everything going on in the whole universe. I know everything going on. God not only put the stars there, he named them. He gave them names. Can you imagine giving all the stars names? And it's not like Fred one Fred Jr., you know, Fred. It's not like he gave them all names, all these stars that are out there. And if we 
think that there is no God, that means we know everything going on in every single universe, uh, every single solar system, every single planet we know. Because God may be hanging out on a planet out there. We don't even know if Pluto is a planet or not in our own solar system, right? But we're going to say that there is no God. Some people place their faith in religion. And they believe by being religious that they're good. That religion is going to save them. All you have to do is follow your religion. Stay true to what you believe. Some people's religion is alcoholism. Some people's religion is drug addiction. There are other religions that are out there that are evil. But if we believe in a religion just because it has good morals doesn't make us moral if that's what we believe in. There's only one God. There's only one belief that's going to matter when the world ends, right? Or when we die. Uh, that there's only one that matters. And that's told to us through his word in the Bible. We're told that we can know the righteousness of God through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. That's the only way to God, period. Am I sure? Well, Jesus said it in John 4, 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if we can't take his word for it, then really we shouldn't even be reading the Bible. What's the point? If we don't believe Jesus... And many people have because we still read his, it's still the best-selling book in, you know, all of history. So if that's the truth, why? Because it's put to use and people believe it because we believe it here. We believe it in our hearts. We can see that it's true because we put it to work in our lives and we can see that what Jesus said is coming true in our own personal lives. Not just in the world around us. Some people say, well, there's so much evil in the world today. Yeah, they haven't heard about Jesus. Or they're not following him. They decided to ignore him. And so that's why there is so much evil in the world today. In Acts 4.12, Peter said, nor is there salvation in any other, for is, there is no other name under heaven given among men which we must be saved. Uh, that, that cuts it right down to the point. There's no other name. Jesus is the only name. And Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2.5, and he said, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. There's only one. There is no Buddha, Muhammad, all of these other people, Joseph Smith. They're not a mediator between God and man. Mary, 
the mother of Jesus is not a mediator. Don't pray to her because she can't hear you. If she was hearing you, don't you think she'd be crying right now? If I die and I go to heaven, don't pray to me, please. I'm not going to listen, first of all, and I can't do anything for you. I'm, I'm a human, just like you are. And so there's only one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. I don't care how many people in the world say, well, this man was a saint. This woman was a saint. Uh, We've we given them sainthood, so now we can pray to them. Sorry, you don't get to make those rules. God does, and, and he gave the rules to us. I know this is kind of harsh. I, um, I kind of get a, a little uh, boisterous about this because... Uh, my heart is so set on the truth. I don't like when we get distracted by the junk that's out there in the world, the stuff that leads us astray. It doesn't matter what religion, religion people are. It doesn't matter where they were born, what ethnicity they are, or anything like that. There's only one way to God, and that's through his son. Period. That's it. End of story. And we are all on the same level playing field. Well, you know, we're not depending on, oh, well, you're a pastor, you're higher on the... No, no. Actually, pastors are going to be judged more than everyone else because we've been given this gift to be able to share the word. So we're going to be judged a little harsher than others. And so uh, that's one of the things that every pastor finds out when they start the ministry, you know, and and when I was told by my pastor, uh, you know, remember this verse, keep it with you always, you know, and it's true um, that we have to remember, you know, where we come from, who we are in Jesus Christ. We're no one. He's the one that has done it all. So God is righteous before all mankind because there is none righteous, no, not one, right? Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's it. All have sinned. Do you need to have someone point out your sins to you? No. And none of us would like that either, would we? You know, I, I do have people pointing them out to me once in a while, but um, that's, it, it's not very helpful. But we don't need to have anyone point out our sins because we know. We know. From the time I was a child to now, I knew I was a sinner. No one had to explain it. My mother yelled it at me a couple of times, but no one had to explain it to me. You know, there, there wasn't any instructions, all right, here's when you sinned, and here's... No, because there wouldn't be anything on the other side. Uh, here's when you did good. Oh, I did good, but why? What was the purpose? What was my heart doing things for? Am I doing them for God? Excuse me, God, or am I doing them for myself? 
when we spend time considering our own lives, we know we are sinners. There's just nothing else about it. Being justified freely by his grace, in verse 24, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So there's the word justified. See, Paul doesn't want to leave us in this state of unrighteousness, only to be judged and condemned by God. A a lot of religions do that. When you ask the question, how do I get to heaven? If you ask that of a Muslim, someone following Islam, they don't know. They just hope that they're good enough to make it into heaven. They don't know whether or not they will be. You ask Mormons, the same thing. Mormons can't tell you that they're guaranteed a place in heaven, although they use the same Bible. They don't guarantee, they don't understand the guarantee that we're sealed until the day of redemption when we become believers in Jesus Christ. They don't have that hope. And most religions don't have that hope or that guarantee of eternal life with God. So is that the kind of religion that we want to be involved in? Probably not. But Paul here, he's trying to show us there's a way out. He writes that we can be justified freely by his grace, the grace of God through Jesus Christ. So how do we do that? Well, it isn't because of anything we've done. If salvation had something to do with what we have done, then there would be different levels of salvation. Oh, I am exceptional at helping people, and I, I'm in church every Sunday almost, right? I'm, you, you see me here almost every Sunday. Once in a while, I, I'll take a day off. So I that must credit I must have check marks little stars on a board somewhere God putting them out there saying okay he's doing good look he's donating his money like he's supposed to he's doing everything that I want him to do and so you know that and oh look at this guy he missed he he went to the to the Dodgers game <laughs> He's a Dodgers fan. That's two demotions right there. We're, we're getting him off the board here. And, and so, you know, it's not like that. We are justified and our sins are wiped out and we're all on an even playing field when we go before the Lord because it's his righteousness that God sees. We're being judged by his righteousness. 
doesn't that doesn't that give you a little bit of relief? You know, doesn't that take the weight off? You know, we carry burdens around. And Jesus said, cast your burden on me. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to give you a burden back, but it's going to be nothing compared to the burden that you're carrying. And it's, the burden you're carrying isn't going to go very far anyway. The things that we carry with us, they're not going to take us anywhere that we want to go. They're not going to help us achieve our goals. But taking his burden is going to solve the problems that we continue to put on ourselves. God sent Jesus to be a propitiation. That's a cool word. Use that tomorrow. Propitiation. It's a substitution for the wrath that we should have received. That's what the propitiation is. Paul points this out in, in verse 25 that by his blood we have this propitiation. In Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 we read, But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. And so the blood of Jesus is what saves us. In, in the Old Testament, they had to have the, the, the animals that they would sacrifice and shed blood for the atonement or the covering uh, over the sin. But it had to be done all the time. Every year on the Day of Atonement, they would have to have the sacrifice for the sins of the nation. And, and that's how they did it. But it wasn't good enough to last forever. It was only good for that period of time until Jesus. And then his blood wiped out the need for any other sacrifice that needed to be made. So since Adam, all children were born from a mother and a father. Now they're trying to change that. Okay, so guys, don't go out trying to get pregnant because um, I'm sorry, that's just not going to happen. You know, it's we were made male and female, and it's still that way today. They haven't dug up any archaeological dig. We don't know what that is. <laughs> they know it's either a male or a female. How come they haven't dug up any one of the other 87 different... Never mind. The blood of goats and calves isn't enough to redeem us, but his blood is acceptable. Listen to 1 John 2.2. 2. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. Same word. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Jesus suffered and died for the sins of the whole world. 
there are Christians who believe that Jesus suffered and died for them. Not for the whole world. They have this belief that's shaped like a tulip and they believe in what's called limited atonement. And see, limited atonement means the atonement of Jesus only applies to a limited number of people. Those are the people that God chose from the beginning of time to be the elect. And those people are the ones that are going to heaven. Everyone else are going to hell. And God created them for that purpose. Have you heard of this before? It's called Calvinism. Okay, and just so that you understand what Calvinism is, that's what it is. That's the worst part of Calvinism, is that you can only, you know, trust in what you believe based on knowing that you are the elect, God saved you, you alone, you as the church, the church alone. We are the elect, and... You know, that's that's the end of the story. So for me, it's like, well, if I'm the elect, I don't have to go out witnessing and sharing to anyone. They're going to hell anyway, right? So, you know, why do I need to go evangelize? Why do I need to share the gospel with anyone? So I know that's a lot. To, now, if you're a Calvinist, if you have that belief, if you've been raised in it, if, if those are your um, ideas, you're still going to heaven. You're just not the only ones, okay? Just, you know, others are going to go with. But it's not about being Calvinist. It's not about being King James only. There are people that are believe only the King James version of the Bible is the valid version. I use a new King James. And so they say, oh, that, that's not the right version of the Bible. You're using the wrong version of the Bible. Um, no. No, I'm not. Um, I'm, I look at every version when I'm doing my study to see what the Word of God is actually saying. So when I preach it, I'm not using something that comes off of my head, but, you know, besides that, I doth not listen to the, you know, old King James. I don't know how to speak that way. It speaketh that way. You know, so I, I use the new King James because you'll understand me better. Right? When we consider all of the things that we put on the church, we add these things on top of the church to make the church, this is the right church. No such thing. There's a right relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing. We have to be focused on our relationship with him. And he works out all the details in our lives. But I read things like, and he himself is the propitiation for our sin, but not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Jesus died for the whole world. Just because the whole world doesn't believe that doesn't mean we're wrong. It, it doesn't disqualify what we believe. 
God gets to make the point and we either believe it or not. We can believe God or not believe God. The world doesn't believe God. They don't believe what we teach. I don't I, I believe in a literal interpretation of the Bible. I read the word of God and I take it literally first unless it's not meant to be taken literally. Unless It's like I saw something like. Well, that's not literal. I saw something like means it was something that's like that. And then you're talking about an allegory or something else, a picture. There are some that believe in the Bible being an allegory and all the stories being allegorical, metaphorical. If you do that, you basically throw out all of the parts of the Bible that are literal and you make it say whatever you want. And that's why there are so many different denominations and religions that use the Bible, but they're not believing in the word of God they're just using the word of God I'm not saying Calvary Chapel is the only right church out there, it's not true at all there are many good Bible believing, Bible teaching churches out there and no matter where you go if you, if you, you know are, are uh, snowbirds and you go somewhere else find a Bible believing Bible teaching church I don't care if this is your home church, great Come stay with us, grow with us in the the word of God. But if you go somewhere else, make sure it's a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. Amen? Amen. So we, um, we get to this point where Paul is now, he's not going to take credit for salvation. He tells us in verse 27, where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. You see, we can't boast about our salvation. We can't boast about, man, I'm really good at this. I have been doing so well in my walk with the Lord, and I am, you know, we can't. Because it doesn't, if, if we could, then certain people will be more saved than others. Some of you would be disqualified because there has to be a certain cutoff, right? If you give 10% of your money to the church, uh, and, but you only give 9%, eh, you're cut off. You don't make it. You didn't give 10%. You know, we should, here's, here's the great one. We're supposed to give 10%, right? Uh, well, we always think money, you know, when we say 10. How about 10% of your time? Oh, 10% of your time. That's, that's harder. I'll give more money, you know. To compensate for the time because I'm, I'm busy. I got a lot, lot of work to do. And, and so it's not about what we do because if it were and you gave 9%, 9.5%, but you didn't give 10%, that's it. You didn't make it. Sorry. 
that's foolishness. But we can get legalistic in what we do for God. We can say, well, we're doing it the right way. And this is the way we're supposed to be doing things for God. If God told you that, then go right, go right at it. All right? Go on with your bad self. Don't, don't stop. You know, if God told you that's what you're supposed to be doing, and you believe in your heart that's what you're supposed to keep doing it. But I believe that we aren't disqualified because we mess up. Because if that were true, I wouldn't be able to stand up here and teach today. Because I mess up all the time. You know, it's just part of being in the world, right? You know, it's part of driving on freeways. You know, it's, that's just the way it is. And so it's easy to mess up. So we know that for grace we have been saved through faith. And it's not of ourselves, it's a gift of God. You can't buy a gift, you can't earn a gift. It's freely given by God and that's how we are saved. It isn't faith plus law, it's faith alone. Verse 29, Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. What? There are two ways to be saved? Eh, no. Faith. We're saved by faith. You see, and the actions of the circumcised by faith is that they by faith live according to the law. By faith, they live that way. Not by legalism. Not by trying to make merit. They live by faith. You know, that's how come they were so messed up. Because they couldn't do it. The law was a tutor to show us that we can't do it. The law was given to man to show man, I gave you ten instructions. You couldn't follow them. You couldn't follow ten laws. Ten! And then Jesus said, oh no, hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whittle this down. There are two. Two. All of the law and prophets rest on two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. What? You know, can, can you make, make it one? <laughs> you know, isn't that true? We, we find this whole theology thing really hard because it is. We can't live to the level, to the standard that God sets. We can't do it. And so that's why he sent his son to save us because he knew we couldn't do it. And so do you think that he would have sent his son if there was another way? 
if there was another way to save the world, do you think he would have said, well, I'll just send my son down there to be abused by his creation? He wouldn't have done it. He would have said, okay, follow these rules. And then nobody would be in heaven. Right? We'd all be disqualified. But he made the way for us and it's by faith. It's what we believe. And the Jews had the opportunity of having the law, having a relationship with Jesus through the law. And then they acted on it by faith. We, the same way, act by faith in believing in Jesus. See, remember, the Jews had Jesus. Oh, they didn't know they had him. He was the Messiah the whole Old Testament was talking about. He was the Savior, the one that was going to save them. And all they had to do was believe in him when he came. But they didn't. They put him to death instead. I wouldn't want to be one of those people, right? That's why I'm glad I live now. Because if I lived back then, would I have been one yelling, crucify him? Crucify him? I'm Italian. I may have been one of the centurions. (laughs) Who knows, but... I'm glad I live now where we have the full word of God and I can read the word of God and I can know the truth. It, it, do you know the word of God is clear to us now, clearer to us now than it was a thousand years ago, 500 years ago, 2,000 years ago. It's much clearer to us now because of all the events that have taken place since the Old Testament to today and prophecies that were fulfilled and then we can see clearly what is taking place in the world today and we don't have to watch the news to determine that things are bad we can go to the Bible and the Bible will tell us things are going to be bad and we can read the lists of what the the climate will be like, not climate change, but the, the, the climate of humanity will be in the world at the time of his coming. We can read about it, what people will be like. But when we read it, we'll be thinking we're watching CNN. <laughs> and we'll be like, hold on. You know, what... Is Putin sitting there reading Ezekiel saying, okay, what am I supposed to do next? Okay. (laughs) You know? I I don't know. But I'm pretty sure that everything that this book says is going to be fulfilled exactly the way that God said it's going to happen. It's happening right before our very eyes. Isn't that encouraging? Because... We believe. Verse 31. Do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. The Jews believed they were justified uh, through keeping the law, and they were right. They were justified if they kept it by faith. 
and they did it in faith. We, by keeping the instructions of Christ, by faith, we also are justified. And so that's what salvation is to us today. Today, the Jews don't follow either law right now. They're, they, they may be uh, orthodox and they may be trying to follow the law, but they don't have sacrifices, do they? And if they're not having sacrifices, they're not justified because it doesn't solve the problem of sin. The Day of Atonement is when sins are forgiven because of the atonement, the, uh, the atoning sacrifice, but that's not happening. And so, right now, the Jews are kind of without any hope, except Jesus Christ. Messianic Jews, those that are Jewish that believe in Jesus Christ as a Savior, are saved. Not because of being Jewish, but because of being a believer in Jesus Christ. And so it doesn't matter what background you come from, what religious system you come from, how you were raised, none of that matters. It's a relationship with Jesus that matters. In closing, we may think Paul was fairly repetitious in this section of scripture where he's talking about all of these things, the Jews and the Gentiles and justification and all of these things. But this topic is important to us today. It's something that hasn't changed all these years. Here's what we should remember. Verse 23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But then verse 24 tells us that we've been justified by Jesus Christ. So here was the condemnation and here's our salvation, Jesus Christ. And we're justified in Jesus Christ. We have to ask ourselves, are we saved by flesh or by faith? If we're relying on our works, we're in just as much trouble as the Jews are that relying on their good works or the world relying on their, you know, how the world judges themselves. Well, I am better than my neighbor. That guy's a jerk. You know, I am a pillar of our society. And, and that's how people judge themselves based on how they do. I don't do that because I'm probably the one they're saying, I'm better than that guy. He's a pastor. Look at him. Look at what he's doing. I've seen him on the freeway. Even though the whole world doesn't have faith in Jesus as their Savior, the ones that do become children of God. And that's us. We are called the children of God. So, brothers and sisters, we have a lot to look forward to. Amen? Amen.